tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey everybody, welcome to the Legend of Korra After Show, and with quite ominous music playing, as not only did we have an ominous end to the previous episode leading into this, we also have a very ominous ending to this episode, mm -hmm. titled Reunion, Episode 7 of the series, but before continuing on, with me today is Mr. Tori J. Miller! Hey, hey! And, ladies and gentlemen, I am John Quick. Unfortunately, Miss Liz Rishmaui will not be joining us this week. She is feeling um, rather sick. Yes. Tweet at her. Show her your love. Let her know that she should get better so she can talk to you about the show. I know. It's like it's it's kind of strange because, you know, anytime that I'm here, it almost seems like she's not. And anytime that I'm not here, she is. What if we're the same person and I don't know it? Um, that would be interesting. I, I We had theorized that it's like a, a Ranma situation, if anyone's uh, familiar with that anime, is it's guy that turns into a girl when uh, hit by water. Um, and I think it's that. I think it's that? That's what's going on? Yeah. That would explain so much about my life. I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to... You know, maybe if I maybe if I actually meet Liz at one time, maybe we'll figure that out. I don't think it'll ever happen. I don't think it'll ever happen. Yeah, I mean, you know, if the Ranma thing is true, then it's totally impossible. Yep. <laughs> but <laughs> water. <laughs> but but continuing on. So, as we all know, last episode, a lot of really really bad stuff happened. The last Earth Kingdom city of Zaofu has fallen. Su Yin and her family are taken captive, and Korra had to flee from the battlefield and return to her Republic city to regroup. So we're start we start off with something though a little bit light to bring us in. Pabu and Naga, which I've been wondering where Pabu had been. They're just hanging out in Republic City, you know, sleeping, napping, playing with tails. Just all around. There was a, there was a great little intro. It was just like, oh my god, Pabu, <laughs> I've missed you so much. Why aren't you around Bo Lin to do Pabu-ish things? Like help him escape from a net, which right. we'll get to in a bit. Yeah. But we see just coming in, we see Korra landing with the other with the other airbending kids and immediately and immediately Tenzin steps up to just basically ask her, it's like, so, um where have you been? What's the situation? Well, it's long and complicated. Uh the short of it is that uh she, you know, went to the Earth Empire, got her butt handed to her, and is now in Republic City. Yeah, which, you know, I guess like you, you and um, Liz no doubt went into depth about like kind of what caused her to lose that fight, and then this is just all kind of like a recap to get everybody caught up to speed. Yeah. But one of the things is Boomy's back. I like the <laughs> fact that Boomy's back, and he's lost a lot of weight in the past three years. He's yeah. looking fit. <laughs> well, the Air Nomad diet will do that to you. 
it's all what is it kale and soy products i don't know i don't know but it's uh, may, maybe it's just those win, you know those windsuits are slimming <laughs> maybe that's it maybe that's what i need to be wearing just yeah. like as i go out just like little wing suits so that i can you know fly about i'm all about it i yeah. think every week every day actually you should just wear a winged squirrel suit um you can't fly but if you jump off of something high you can glide for a little bit until i inevitably hit the ground yep Going at terminal velocity. <laughs> Almost I, guaranteed, Tori. Why are you... Well, learn airbending first, then. You know, you know the thing about it is, is I'm probably going to do it since you talked me into it, but now, what? I don't even know, man. I'm sorry. I can't control my powers of, of uh, convincing. I just... I say things, and people do them. I don't uh, control what comes out of my mouth. Well, I guess we're just going to have to watch your Jedi mind tricks in the future, but... Yeah. Speaking on well, speaking on recaps, we get from them, and now we find out what Varric and Bolin have been up to, which has mostly been Bolin carrying Varric on his back for <laughs> reasons. Yeah, through the way, and they definitely look like they've been wandering the woods for at least a few days with yeah. well, the way that they're just their, I guess, uniforms all looking. But yeah, they're torn and muddy. Their boots are uh, disgusting and dirty, and just. Ve- and just Varric's whole response to Bolin asking him, it's like, you know what would kill you to, to, to walk to walk on your own? And he was like, Julie carried me 20 miles when we were fleeing from Republic City. And that's after she turned her ankle. Right. That was ridiculous. Um, I'm, I'm surprised that Bolin went with, with along with it for as long as he did. Um, but you get that sweet, not to jump ahead too much, but you get that sweet turnaround when Bolin jumps on his back. And it's it's great. Yeah, oh, I think that Varric just has an ability to talk people into certain things, yeah. just with his like his very, very just pushy demeanor and like commanding voice. But uh, you know, so that's possibly why. But this this is a good scene in which we see we've we've seen Bolin. He's been progressing like kind of over the season as the seasons ago. He started off as basically like Sokka light, mm-hmm. and has now become Sokka proper almost. <laughs> As we see just in that one scene with, you know, he, he gives this, like, speech to Varric about how they have a responsibility, and specifically he has a responsibility because he just created this super weapon. They have to get to Republic City. Now get back on your feet. And he lifts him up, and then Varric apparently is so motivated, he's just like, how about you take a rest? Hop on! <laughs> and they get, like, three steps because Bolin obviously weighs a lot more than Varric. Yeah. And then they get caught right in a net trap. <laughs> The most obvious net trap in the world. Like, even as a viewer, I was like, man, that patch of grass is pretty light. (laughs) And Bolin's reaction was classic. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. It was like one of those classics. Okay, now suddenly this is happening. Right. Um, But kind of touching back on Bolin's growth, like, I think, I feel like it's good. It's, it's, it's time. Like, everyone else has progressed and everyone's grown and, like, not just in age since three years have passed, but, like, he, he used to rely on Mako a lot more and just to kind of guide him, uh, through life. And now he has to kind of stand on his own two feet. And he tried that with Kuvira, but he was still kind of leeching off of her power. But now he has to essentially lead himself and i think he's he's uh doing a great job of it i guess he's yeah no he's been surprisingly good at actually stepping up i mean i guess it was just one of those things that was always within him but he he never had to right just with his past history was so it's good to see him and i want to see 
like where th- this is going to this is going to go further as like we're we're going to end the episode with some with uh, some twinkling as to what might be co- might be coming up in the future but we skip but then we skip on back to our friends of Republic City and Cora and Mako and Asami are all meeting up at this restaurant to catch up which I get why they're doing that. Like after you've been gone for three years, you definitely want to ke- get up, catch up with your friends. But this does seem a little bit like, hey guys, I know that I know that you need to like meet, but maybe there's maybe there's more pressing things <laughs> happening. Well, I mean, but she's kind of it's like getting the band back together because yeah. I mean she's just suffered a uh, a great loss, um, and she's been through a lot. So I think these are the people that she feels she trusts the most. And so I understand kind of trying to take some time and getting getting back into their world. Um, I mean, yeah, they're pressing things, but there's nothing that they can do about it at this at this point. Yeah, I guess I, I don't I don't know. I'm guessing like the Tenzin is on like putting the wheels in motion to get the U, to get the United Republic Army and possibly the Fire Nation Army in a coalition together to yeah. face off against Kuvira mm-hmm. or do something along those lines is the only thing I think and then yeah it really does come down to you know kind of a sit and wait but there there's some really nice moments especially like Korra and Asami like meeting again after all these years and, and Asami like complimenting her on her hair and they're just like kind of like just being all girly back and forth was well it was kind of refreshing because you almost never see core especially hanging out with Toph like none of that came up yeah um well I thought it was it was uh one of those moments where all the people who are all about Kurosami yeah shipping uh, Kurosami yeah yeah. like especially how how blushy she got when her hair was complimented I was like man the shippers are going to be out tonight which I I can see where they get that but I also think that that's uh, that's just like you know you know, girl friendships back and forth. Yeah, you know, I agree. Got, you know, I, I like I compliment you on your jacket. You just go, oh, oh, thanks, because that's that's guys. We got to put up the stone wall. But well, right, and I don't have the hair to twirl. So I mean, yeah, <laughs> I don't anymore. I got it all cut off. One I, day, one, one day, day, John, one, it'll be back. Okay, because hair grows. I it think. does. <laughs> <laughs> But but the, to to lighten their but unfortunately to little rain on their parade, Maka was unable to dump Prince Wu, yeah. and Prince Wu is just with them in the booth at this restaurant, which I guess you know is sort of good because he says he knows the chef personally, <laughs> which I guess that's nice. But it, but like no, it's very clear no like nobody wants him there, and then he's awkwardly hitting on Cora. Yeah, the entire time because he knows that Asami no that that's you know it's already <laughs> struck out there. Um, though, like he he's taking the licks pretty pretty good. Like no matter what she says to to reject him, he's like he's on it with another line. He won't, he he uh, definitely wants some avatar friendship. Yeah. Well, you know, it's I get, it would be creepy if he were like a little bit more, I guess, like self aware. But since it's it it's almost like a five year old hitting on her or something right. like that. So. I'm glad that it doesn't stray into the creepy category, but I, I loved how Mako said, it's like, don't worry, he'll be on your best behavior. So can you go into the Avatar state? I want to see your eyes glow. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, no. Um, but that and that helps lead us to that uh, reveal, or I guess reveal for Mako, that Asami knew that she couldn't go into the Avatar state uh, and that Korra had been writing to her. 
So that's that's nice. It or, served a purpose, I guess. It well, it made a little bit. I mean, it made a little bit of tension, and the. I mean, it was kind of like their relationship is like starting back again because all these like for us, it's only been a month since they saw each other, more or less. Mm-hmm. But for Cora, it's been three years. She has not seen. Um, any of her friends, and she has only responded once to Asami. Yeah. And so they've obviously been up to quite a bit, and Korra has, you know, except for the past six months, she's pretty much been just in the Southern in the southern water tribe like basically going through physical therapy, trying to, trying to recuperate. Yeah. So, you know, this is kind of one of those things like Mako was understandably hurt that somebody who thought was like one of his best friends, you know, didn't write back to him. He he must have figured that, oh, Bolin doesn't isn't getting any um, letters back. I'm not. So, you know, I guess she's just not responding to anybody. He needs some alone time. But yeah. then he finds out that she responded to Asami. He like he was just like, oh, so that's where I stand. Right. I mean, and as I guess from my perspective, I'm like as her uh, ex-boyfriend uh, you know, and past love triangle person. I mean, you you can't be too hurt that like the only person that she replied to was like basically her best friend. friend yeah, you know. But still, I guess I understand how he feels. I I can understand a little bit, especially since like it, it, he's been in a really crappy situation guarding Prince Wu, which he really doesn't want to do. Yeah, and you know, which is just further. We get like as soon as. Prince Wu has decided that he needs to go tinkle. He tells Mako, it's like, I need you to go stand guard while I pee. And he goes, no, no, you're just going to go to the bathroom by yourself for once. (laughs) And the one time that he doesn't go and guard him, he encounters the shadiest uh, bathroom attendant in the history of the world going, how about a spritz of cologne? Make it a double. (laughs) (laughs) And then just gets knocked out. And you know, I understand where Mako is where Mako's coming from. Like he's tired of dealing with Prince Wu's nonsense. Yeah. And you know and it's just also at the end of the day, with the last time we saw them, he had basically told Prince Wu that, hey, you need to grow up and you know, him telling him to go to a bathroom by himself is like is kind of part of that, but it's also just a part of Mako's patience is at an end. Yeah. With him. But at the same time, it's like you know you can't leave him alone. You really can't. He is, he's going to get kidnapped, which he really does. Like, if you do it at any point, and we know that Kuvira supporters are within Republic City. Like, that's, I understand where Mako's coming from. I, I, I think I would possibly make the same, the same decision if I, if I were in his shoes, but also at the same time, it's just like, yeah. Though up until this point, the worst thing that's happened to him is that he's gotten a pie thrown at him. Yeah, true. So it's like, I mean, Maybe he'll slip on a banana peel. I mean, is the worst that he thinks could happen. I mean, no one is expected him to get kidnapped. I guess not. And but they notice that he's been gone for a little while, and so Mako gets up to go basically go to the bathroom to investigate, and Cora just like sees somebody pushing a laundry cart out of the corner of her eye, and that's it's one of those like you know classic TV moment like tip offs so where she goes out and she asks the guys like hey have you seen Prince Wu and the dude's like uh, no no I'm not seeing anybody <laughs> like that and then Prince Wu just comes rolling out of the laundry yeah. I'm in the laundry, laundry. <laughs> and then what starts and then that proceeds to start one of the most epic chase scenes we've seen in this show in a long while yeah. that that was a lot of that one was a lot of fun so they just take off in um, Asami's car trying to chase down 
this um, Earth Empire vehicle, and like the entire time, the Earth Empire guys are like putting up like roadblocks and trying to and trying to avoid them. And Mako's telling Asami like, you know, take a left on Seventh, and Asami just ignores him. And he's like, well, wait, why didn't you do a left on Seventh? She goes, I built most of these roads. <laughs> Um, that was, yeah, that was great. Like, just cause Asami, uh, has been kind of like a, a side character. Like, she's just kind of been support, but now, now she's able to kind of, uh, forward her knowledge. Cause, I mean, yeah, she built the city, she built the trains, like, she is a prominent person in the city. And then when they finally do stop the truck, which, that was, that was a great badass moment. That was oh, just yeah. Korra leaping off of the overpass onto a moving truck, metal bending it open. <laughs> And then grabbing a guy, throwing him into the back, and then stopping. That was... That's John McClane worthy. Right. Um, though, I will say that the amount that she was metal bending in this episode kind of, like, made her her loss last week a little more aggravating. Because, like, Kuvira was only using metal bending against mm-hmm. her. And so she didn't, at any point, use it back. But we know that she, if not proficient, she knows how to metal bend. I think that there was a lot, I mean, there was a lot going on in that fight last right. last week that I guess, like, a lot of it was internal. And this is, we're starting to see, we've seen Korra overcome her physical now restrictions, and now she has these mental restrictions that she has to get over, which I'm not, I'm not quite sure where it's coming from, whether it is self-doubt or the Avatar state or um, Rava is trying to reach out to her in some way. Right. To tell her to do something because that the entire time that Nega Korra that we've seen is has been trying to lead Korra to a a better place. Yeah. So what I don't know what it was thinking in that point where she, where it changed Kuvira into Nega Korra. Mm-hmm. But we but though speaking of spiritual powers, so they stop the truck. They they notice the prince was not in there, and then Korra taking just a nice lesson from Toph reaches out to the spirit vines and is immediately able to track down where Prince Wu is. That's, I mean, that's next level Avatar stuff. Oh, yeah. That's, that is definitely, I guess, a new progression for Korra. As we see her, instead of just straight using her her fists and her ability to just blow everything up, we actually see her kind of using more of her tactics and intelligence. Mm-hmm. Which is great, because, like, now you get to see her be more in touch with the spirits. Because, um, like, we know, like, a couple uh, seasons back, that was her biggest downfall. And even up until her meeting with Toph, like, she still had no trust in, in the spirits and the vines and all that stuff. But now she's using those tools that she's learning and progressing as a person. And also also as the Avatar, which is... Which I guess, like, her doing being able to reach out into the spirit mind connection thing is kind of like Aang learning energy bending. Mm. It's a little bit, because it is kind of like one of those Avatar-only superpowers. Or right. Avatar-only-ish superpowers, as we can very clearly see Toph has that superpower. Right. But, you know, Toph just uses it to kind of creepily watch her daughters <laughs> do yeah. their life. Totally. It's like her uh, having a GPS in her, her kid's phone. <laughs> same difference. So, yeah, same thing. Little helicopter-y parent, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they track down Prince Wu, as I see, um, in Prince Zuko Square. They're right in the, it's right in the train station, so they know that the Earth Empire guys are going to probably take Prince Wu to Ba Sing Se or somebody. They're, they're taking him back into the Earth Empire. Yeah. 
for reasons. Well, I think it's so that so that Kuvira can cement her overall authority of the Earth Empire because so long as that Prince Wu is at large, like they can like. I guess the United Republic and the other world leaders can claim that he's the rightful heir to yeah. the Earth Kingdom, essentially. Yeah, and it can and it could like split like maybe some of her loyal some of her loyalties, and it's I don't think it would be that hard because there's I mean as we see that like, Bolin and Varric started questioning her lo- like you know her motives. There has to be more people within the Earth Empire that are starting going. Is everything getting a little um, extreme? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, though, at the same time, like, what's she going to do? Publicly execute him? Like, having him, I mean, maybe she'll put him in one of the re-education camps, but, like, her having Wu, I feel like, doesn't doesn't benefit her in any way, shape, or form. Actually, I think does he can abdicate to her. Can Yes? Yeah. I mean, if he's the rightful heir, if he takes the crown and presents it to her as, like, I recognize you now as the rightful ruler because if he's the king, his word is law, technically. If he gets her to do that, then her, like, political legitimacy is just cemented. I guess that might... That's probably where she's going with it. Most likely. We know with with Kuvira. So So they get onto the train after just a brief little chat of, oh, yeah, I met Toph in a swamp. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they're like, what, what What was that like? A lot like Lynn, only crankier. <laughs> Is that possible? Well, they get into they get into the train, which again we have another we have another you know epic vehicle fight 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 on top of the train where they manage to successfully free Prince Wu and escape. Mm-hmm. Which you know, great moments all around as they're getting metal bended on both sides. By those different by those different metal benders, and Asami at least takes down two guys, and Mako takes down another, and yeah. then Korra just grabs them and the air bends them down, and they all have a group hug, minus <laughs> Prince Wu because no, dude. Yeah, I just love the <laughs> hand to the face. It's like no, you don't belong here. And then I guess the be- of course the a fitting end to all of this, dropping off Prince Wu at Asami's place where Mako's family is. Oh my gosh! I love that the grandma, who was super uh, worshipy of the Earth Queen, um, just has this this fantastical moment where Wu is glowing and bathed in sunlight. Um, that should be fun for him, being worshipped while he's staying at that mansion. Yeah, I think that it'll. I think that it might do negative things for what for his growth and development. I maybe probably, or, or it might help him connect with the common people of the Earth Kingdom, and he might become a better person for it that's that's for future episodes to discern but but right. going back to bolin and Varric as they're now hanging from a net we suddenly see some prisoners come along and they're like well well look what we have here <laughs> um and they're just uh basically they're, they look like they're going to kill them because they're in the Kuvira outfits or the the uniforms um, as as Bolin pleads for his life. And then Varric is shouting the worst possible things <laughs> that he's like, we're part of her inner circle. And Bolin's like, dude, shut it. Shut yeah. up. Shut up. <laughs> but it ends up working to their favor. So these prisoners, as we find out, Kuvira has been doing a purge of the Earth Kingdom. It's like basically, if you're not of the Earth Kingdom, you are getting you are getting out of the Earth Kingdom. So everybody that is um, in this group of prisoners is either a waterbender or a firebender, and that's 
I mean, we've seen that at least the United Republic, everybody has like been living together. So it's not mm-hmm. hard to imagine that like now Water Tribe people and Fire Nation people have started living and like probably working within the Earth Kingdom over the past like, you know, 50 years or so. Yeah. I mean, Bossing Say was the only really segregated place. Everywhere else within the Earth Kingdom was kind of just uh, a melting pot of different people, like shop owners and stuff like that. So yeah, this, so this is again what like we we already have like a a lot of disturbing news about Kuvira and this is just an extra one of those things that she's basically purging her own citizens and seeking a sort of purity yes. which anytime, you know, a leader is talking about searching for purity I'm actually trying to think of a time in history where that hasn't been bad things, and I can't really find one. No, uh, I don't. I, I'm sure that it doesn't exist, uh, unless maybe purity of diamonds. Yep, someone wanted pure diamonds. I, that's it. That's it. That's all I got. Which even then, I think that that you know doesn't oh, end yes. well either. No, no, it does not. There is no incidence in the history of the world where purity has led to good things. But they find out their plan. Their prisoners are just like, okay, you guys are, you know, top Kuvira, top men in Kuvira's army. Then what we're going to do is we're going to go to this border checkpoint and you're going to lead us through. And Bolin and Varric are just like, no, you don't understand. We were top men. Now we're probably exceptionally wanted. Yeah. Well, like, um, I mean, as far as they knew, Kuvira assumed, she, assumed they were dead. So mm-hmm. showing their face is like the last thing that they would want to do. Um, which I'm surprised that they're actually being searched for. Um, but I guess Kuvira is covering all her bases. That sounds like her. And I mean, like, they never, I guess, like, they never recover. It's kind of like one of those things of they never recovered the body. So, you right. know, you got you to gotta assume the worst until proven otherwise. Yeah. But, of course, Bolin and Varric break their bonds fairly easily with Bolin lava bending, which no doubt came as a big surprise. And then Bolin, again, showing those new leadership abilities, strikes a deal with these these escape, these escape prison escapees. And yeah. it's just like, you know, we'll, we will help you if you help us, mm-hmm. basically, at that time. And so... So, yeah, so then they start leading them through the checkpoint, Varric and Bolin at the at the helm. Uh, everyone is tied up just so they look like they're prisoners. Um, and I I love the way that Varric talks his way through the checkpoint, um, where he's like, we had to face, what was it, like, six badger moles. And hawk, and hawk bats. It's, it's like, I'm sorry, I don't have the paperwork. I was shoving it down a hawk bat's throat as it was trying to eat me. <laughs> so how about you open that gate? And it's just like... Yeah, this is how Varric talks people into doing things. Right. So he opens the gate, and everything, and everything. Of course, they also threaten to like let Kuvira know that he was questioning her orders. Mm-hmm. And the speed in which he opens all of that, again, I guess that, um, yeah, questioning loyalties. It's, it's you know, I, I guess the Earth Kingdom is all the Earth Empire is all about obedience and not and not questioning. Yeah. But as they're walking through, the guy that's just, like, manning the inner gate just r- immediately recognizes Bolin and Varric. And that leads into now a fight at the border, 
where we're seeing we've seen the mechs fight before where it was mech where it was mechs versus mechs mm-hmm. and but we saw Bolin pretty handily uh, able to use them and I was wondering the last time that we really saw this like it's like well why would you really even need these mechs even if you have like non-benders in your army it seems like benders can do you know some fair amount of damage but we yeah. saw this time around no these mechs are a significant improvement over the ones that were built by uh, Hiroshi, Asami's father. And they were surprisingly agile. Like, you saw them, like, barrel rolling and, like, shifting, high jumping and and grounding themselves. Like, they were super versatile. And so, and I was glad because I thought that, uh, basically, Bolin's lava bending was going to be an end-all, be-all trump card. But they show that it's not as effective as you would think. Yeah, it's like they can still dodge... You know, they can still dodge his attacks, they can leap over it, or like when the waterbender created the ice and you thought it's like, oh, it's going to slip and fall, but nope, like, rounded it out. Yeah. And if it wasn't for Varric coming in and miraculously using an EMP to knock them out, which, I guess, you know, score one for science, kids. Right. Um, though I was like, there are still people inside of them. They could just get out, but they're probably, the hatch is probably, probably stuck or something like that. Yeah. I'm guessing like they just shut down all the systems. So now they're stuck inside there. Yeah. And it, that gives Bolin and Varric an opening to run away, but the other prisoners are still kind of trapped fighting. And in that moment, Bolin, I guess, trying to make up for all of the harm that he's unintentionally done being a lackey of Kuvira, mm-hmm. you know, saves them by, basically using his lava bending as a trump card at that point yeah well against people it's like well they're gonna burn to death otherwise yes (laughs) (laughs) um so and i like that moment just because um i mean yeah he it was his trump card but it it earned the respect of the prisoners and and now you get this these teams of people where i i've been harping on it the last few weeks about like i want to see the the uh uh re-education camps but like now that we've met people from there we can we can hear about it and know what the the depth of the situation is i think the re-education camps may be a little too harsh to show in a children's show maybe i think just hearing about them might be enough yeah We've seen a woman get air sucked out of her lungs. I think I'm fine. Well, okay, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know what they're going. I don't know where they're going to draw the line, but maybe like, you know, maybe just you know, directly calling the Holocaust out might be a bit too much, right? All maybe right. fair enough. But we see. But then they break free of the border. They're at this like they got this like rickety boat that they're all about to climb on board and take off. And it's at the moment the prisoners offer Bolin and Varric and says, we're heading north too. Obviously, I think they're head- they're heading to Republic City. Yeah. Because I think that's the only safe shore that they could possibly reach, especially with that. As, as Varric says, it's like, well, hey, what? Get on that thing? No, I'm allergic to drowning. Yeah. So, but Bolin, but Bolin talk basically like gives Varric a mean look and then they both <laughs> agree to step on board. So I think... Which I'm excited to see in the next in the upcoming episodes to see Bolin taking more of that leadership role and le- and leading. I don't I don't know what their overall plan is. If this is going to be the ragtag team of rebels, if this is going to be Bolin and the Rogue Squadron, or That'd be amazing that would be awesome. I want that to happen now. Too bad the episodes are already completed, or else I would be like Brian, you guys, 
get on this. Well, I mean, it could still happen. <laughs> um, I mean, basically, he could be going from prison to prison, building his own army of prisoners, and then at the end, it could just kind of erupt into a full-on rebellion, and I think that would be great. That w- and then what? And then Bolin is crowned Earth Empire, Earth Emperor. Yes. That is so awesome, but I don't think it's going to happen. I don't know what. There's something about that that seems like not quite right for the show. Right. But I want a picture still, just some sort of picture of Bolin as the Earth Emperor. Fan, uh, fan writers, drawers, fan art, fan artists, draw us things and tweet it at us. With Bolin on his throne of magma. Yes. That'd be, oh man. But we, but now we end this episode on a very, very sobering point. We see um, Kuvira and Batar Jr. at the ba- Banyan Grove tree, tapping into it as um, Batar Jr. says, like, there's far more spiritual energy here than there was at the ones in Republic City. And then we see Kuvira give the order to just, you know, harvest everything. Mm-hmm. Leave nothing standing. And they're right in the middle of the swamp, about to cut it down, which means that, uh, you know, which is ominous, but also kind of not, because we know that Toph is going to show up and be like, so, it's like, so, you know, I was really chilling, soaking my soaking my feet in mud, it's, it's really awesome, and then all of a sudden I get these, like, vibra- vibrations that somebody's tearing up my house. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I'm, I'm hoping that she comes in and wrecks things. Um, but I feel like that would be too uh, deus ex machina for the whole thing. I think she's going to wreck a lot, but is going to just get taken down by sheer numbers and possibly Kuvira just getting a cheap shot. Right. Um, well, I mean, if anything, that means that we might get a reunion between her and her daughters. I think I actually think in mind. I think Toph might might be taking more of like it's going to bring her out of the swamp, and she's going to get like directly involved in everything. And then maybe, just maybe, we'll have Zuko, Katara, and Toph doing, like, an old-school team Avatar team-up in the season finale to nice. just, like, knock heads about. Maybe. <laughs> and then Sokka's ghost comes back, and it's a complete thing. And then and then Korra transforms into Aang. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. That would be... <laughs> I why aren't we writing for this show? Be uh, so bananas. Yeah, that's probably why we're not. <laughs> but, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for us this week. Thanks for joining us. Where can they find you, Mr. Tori Miller? You can find me on Twitter at Tari J. That's T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y. You can also find me here at AfterBuzz TV on assorted panels, like the Arrow panel and the Flash panel. And guys, I'm John Quick. You can find me at at now quick. And um, once season two of Attack on Titan reaches these shores, you'll probably see me on that panel as well. But until then, you'll just have to settle for seeing me once a week for Legend of Korra. And hopefully Ms. Liss Rishmaui is going to be back with us next week. But until then, enjoy your nachos. Yes. <laughs> totally stealing Nerdist podcast send off. Do it. All right. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 